2: Well, the U-17 World Cup is underway in Indonesia. Here's a look at the results so far for the United States, and they are doing well. Two wins, a 3-1 win over South Korea and a 2-1 win over Burkina Faso. They play France tomorrow at 7 a.m. Eastern on FS1 with the two wins. They will be moving on to the knockout rounds, and right now we are absolutely delighted to be joined by the head coach, Gonzalo Cegares. Good morning, Gonzalo, or should I say good evening because you're actually joining us from Jakarta, which is literally 12 hours ahead of us right here in Stanford, Connecticut. Crazy.
3: All right, good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh,
2: okay, so I heard that you and Jaleel go way, way back. So I wanna, I wanna hear the origin story of your, your friendship with Jaleel Anibaba. How did you guys first uh, encounter each other?
3: Uh, was at the Chicago Fire, right? Ja was um, drafted by the Fire. I Already had a couple of years playing there, and uh, yeah, you know, we were happy to 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 join the the the, the team. And um, yeah, we we definitely had a lot of battles together on the field. And uh, you know, very excited, a great teammate, um, and always trying to lock the defense down with the, with him <laughs> on the right side. <laughs>
2: Look at those kids. Jaleel. Dang. With the game face on.
4: With right. Babel Pardo also.
2: Wow. Is that Sean you. Johnson? It Young. Johnson yep. Young Sean Johnson. Johnson. Some
1: fresh faces there.
2: Oh, my goodness. Pa- and some Is that so Patrick Nyarko? That's
1: Patrick <laughs> Nyarko. yep. Oh, my goodness. Marco Papa.
2: What a team. What a team. Logan Paws? Yep. Look at that. Are, are I know my Chicago here. Fire players. Uh, all right. Well, let's check this uh, U-17 World Cup because the U.S. Are, are playing really, really well. Two wins. You guys have advanced to the knockout rounds. What have you liked so far about the way your guys are playing?
3: Yeah. um, team we're playing together as a team, having each other's back. Uh, definitely the message for, for the boys has been that. Uh, defend the box uh, at all costs. And, um, to be honest they've been they've been fantastic um in, in that area and and right now obviously motivation is high um you know things are positive, but we we try to keep our feet on the ground, stay humble, uh, which is a, a priority because now uh, we have a decisive match versus France to to see who finishes first, right and that will indicate we need to travel and we will get an extra day uh for rest um so yeah, we, we're trying to keep our feet on the ground and we know that we have a great rival in, in France, but, um, yeah, boys are, are ready. They're excited. Um,
5: coach, I want to talk about one of the players whose names is starting to make a lot of uh, noise on the Internet, uh, a player that you are coaching currently by the name of uh, Neem Fasha Berchemas. I hope I'm cr- uh, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's got three goals. Uh, the kids looking pretty good. What can you tell us about him? Is this hype real?
3: Yeah, he's a great uh, young player. Um you know, very humble. He's always smiling. He's, he's a great kid. And, um, yeah, we're just happy that, that he's super motivated. He he's having a great tournament so far. Um, but again, we we still want more from him, right. And uh, we keep pushing him, making sure that, uh, he, you know, he doesn't buy into all this hype that he keeps showing on the field, what, what he can bring and what he has done so far. Um, but yeah, uh, again, um, I don't think that we have achieved anything yet. Um, we we want to stay hungry and we want to keep going further. Um, and we just got to keep our feet on the ground. For for those of us who haven't had
5: a chance to see a lot of him play, what could you tell us a little bit about his game? Uh, I know he's a forward, but does he prefer to play back to goal? Where do you think he shines? And I, I know it's early age.
3: Um, his 1v1 abilities, um, you know, the, the way they've been trying to play him is trying to isolate him out wide. We know that he's comfortable. Uh, taking the opponent down the line, or or cutting inside and and using his his left foot as well. Uh, that's how he was able to get uh, his second goal versus uh, Korea. But um, yeah, he's just very comfortable on the ball, able to take guys uh, in one v one situations and and exploit that. He also has uh, very good pace. Um, yeah, so so he, again, he has been able to to play freely, and that's why we try to to give him that opportunity and uh, try to get him in the wide areas to be able to to keep excelling at that.
4: Gonzalo, talk to me about Cadel Figueroa, who's the son of Honduras international MLS stalwart center back uh, Minor Figueroa. I don't know how often it happens when a father is a defender, and the son is an attacker. You know, it, it, in it, the it, <laughs> it feels it feels counterintuitive. Maybe he was going one-on-one with, with his dad and see what's the best way to take on a dude that was, oh, minor back in the day was was tough. I mean, I, I know you know it, Gonzalo, but talk to me a little bit about what you see in Keirol, uh, who has such a bright future on attack.
3: Yeah, um, you know, Cael Figgy has... Um, a goal-scoring instinct um, inside the box. That's where where he's at his best. Um, you know, he 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 knows where to position himself, where to make the runs, uh, when to change his pace to to get ahead of the defenders, and 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 the timing that he requires. And uh, we were happy that he was able to get that first goal versus Burkina because we could tell that that he was having a little bit of pressure put on himself to try to get that first. A goal uh, in a World Cup, and now we gotta keep getting him going because he is definitely a very dangerous player player inside the box, and he showed that in qualifiers. And now we gotta keep um, getting him into a momentum, especially now that we're getting into uh, the next rounds. Gonzo, one thing I always respected about you as as a teammate was
1: your ability to to be extremely serious, locked in on a day to day basis in training, but. What I loved about you is your ability to balance all of that out very successfully in your life. We got word that you and your beloved wife, Rusty, are famous in Chicago for your Halloween parties, the decorations, the costumes, (laughs) how well you guys host people. Wow. My question to you is, how have you instilled your ability to be extremely serious on the pitch in your players while also teaching them how to balance out all the aspects of their life because it's a huge aspect of being a successful U17
5: player. I want tater tots.
3: (laughs) Well, all that, it's rusty, not me, to to tell you the truth. I I (laughs) just follow orders and try to help out in any way I can. Uh, Then I'm the one in charge of cleaning it up, which actually... (laughs) But but no, uh, you know, yeah, you know, right, I think that it's important for, for these boys and, and where they're at in their development to, to realize, um, you know, once we step on the field, it's about business, right? And it's about uh, working hard, it's about staying focused, it's about uh, us as coaches challenging them, uh, creating an environment where, where it's positive um, and where we can help them excel in their development, uh, but also of the field is about um, creating a culture of trust uh, where they feel comfortable, right? Asking questions. Where they feel comfortable, uh, you know. Where they can build relationship with us, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the priority for us is that we, we we are teachers, and and we gotta help these boys. Like I said, accelerate their development, and hopefully one day see them in the senior team, um, and. and For that reason, we need to also create and build those relationships, right? It's it's super important for them to trust us. uh, And that's kind of the culture that we want to create within our environment and and within our team.
2: Uh, Gonzalo, I just want to ask about uh, sort of the approach that you take in coaching this this age group. Because when I think about... Myself at seventeen or sixteen mm-hmm. years old. I mean, you know, it's you're you're still a kid. You know, you're still essentially in in high school, and here you are in charge of this this group of. I mean, they're they're kids basically. They're they're boys. Um, how how do you go about just kind of you know allowing them to? be who they are and and act their age, but also kind of keeping them focused at the task at hand? Because I'm just thinking back to, like I said, myself at that age, and you're kind of all over the place, but what's the key for you in, in coaching this specific age group? Because I imagine there are definitely challenges.
3: No, definitely. It's been a learning curve for me for the past two years that I've been working with them. Um, you know, because when we started, there were uh, young kids, young teenagers that that still were playing at, at the academy level, uh, and as the process has gone through, now all of them have signed professional contracts, uh, are in in MLS Next Pro teams or first teams, right? And and now they're they're in a locker room and and they're surrounded by professional players, and um, it's very been very fun to to see them grow and see them mature and and again going Mm -hmm. from teenagers now to adults and and but they're still in that process right and and for us is to to learn how to manage that we we try to do a lot of team bonding activities because because they really enjoy that trying to find the right time to um to give them just free free time on their own right where we don't um you know keep them too busy where we just allow them to do what they want um, you know, the, 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 fact that, um, like I said, that we organize different things at, at, at night where, where we can have them uh, enjoying themselves and, and also bring that team spirit, uh, has been very important, but, um, yeah, at the same time, giving them the, the, the responsibility that, that they have of, of also being professionals and, and knowing that, um, that comes with, with, um. Responsibility and standards that they need to follow. Sounds like quite an experience. As mm-hmm. educational as it is for them,
4: it must be very educational for you, Gonzalo, as well, uh, on the human side and the sporting side. And I kind of want to move the conversation forward to tomorrow at 7 a.m. our time, 7 p.m. your guys' time. You take on France, which is, in the last couple of years, they've been kind of like the hub of... Football talent and football development. What's it like going into that matchup against a team that has high expectations every time they're in an international tournament?
3: Yeah, no, that's why we're here. We want to play the best. Uh, We want to challenge these boys, like I mentioned, because uh, my main objective is accelerate their development, right? Uh, We want to make sure that they get these experiences, to know what it means to represent a country at the biggest stage, to have that pressure. Uh, and to be able to execute and to perform. Right. That's what's going to get them better. Uh, and as they move up the, the national team ranks, hopefully one day we will be proud to see them to, to represent the, the country in the senior team. Right. And, and, and again, these these opportunities come not that often. And, and that's where um, it helps us get get these boys better prepared.
2: Well, Gonzalo, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Best of luck tomorrow. We'll be watching.
3: Thank you. really appreciate it. And hope you guys are doing well.
2: Um, all right, guys. We're going to take a break. Um, Ali's going to be back with some headlines when we return. Don't move.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: Welcome back. Here's a look at your weekend footy fix. Today we've got some Euro qualifiers to look forward to. England taking on Malta and Italy face North Macedonia. Both of those matches at 2.45 p.m. You can watch the first one FS1, second one on VIX. Then on Saturday we've got some WSL action. Chelsea taking on Liverpool at 8.30 a.m. on CBS Sports Network. We also have that USU-17 taking on France uh, in the World Cup. 7 a.m., FS1, and Netherlands will face Ireland at 2.45 p.m. on FS2 in Euro qualifiers. And then on Sunday, we've got some more WSL action to look forward to on the Galazzo Network. Brighton face Arsenal. Manchester United take on Manchester City. And then we've got some Euro qualifiers as well. Scotland, Norway, Spain, Georgia, Portugal versus Iceland. All right, let's send it on over to Allie Trost-Martin for some headlines. Allie, thanks, Suze. In MLS News, one of the eight... Open head coaching jobs is reportedly close to being filled. According
5: to reports, the Colorado Rapids are hiring Chris Armas as their new head coach. The former New York Red Bulls and Toronto FC head coach will take charge of a rapid side that fired longtime manager Robin Frazier during the season. Armas, uh, Armas most recently served as an assistant at Leeds United and prior to that spent time as an assistant with Manchester United. Julio Armist had a rough time at TFC and the Red Bull fans don't necessarily remember that time all too fondly. Do you see him coming in and, and making things better at the Rapids, a, a club that did have success under Robin Frazier not all that long ago?
1: Yeah, well, this is an MLS legend and uh, U.S. men's national team uh, legend as well. He, he made his name really in his playing career with the Chicago Fire. And what we saw from him as a manager um, it, with the New York Red Bulls was implementing their style, really cultivating it, um, and, and delivering success, delivering a, a supporter shield. And his stint with Toronto was was very far from that. And, you know, as he go- went on to, to be an assistant manager in Europe with, with Man U and, and Leeds, my question would be going into to, to this reported new stint with, with Colorado is, how much support is he going to have? <laughs> is he being set
4: up for success That's at Colorado?
1: It, Colorado. That's the big exactly. question.
5: Would anybody be set up for success
1: Exactly, because when you're talking about managers at, at Colorado in, in the recent era, Robin Frazier, of course, it's, do they have the support that they need? Because the issues with Colorado have been organizational issues. Um, And that always trickles down all the way onto the pitch and how the fans interact with the club and and the overall reputation within the league and the organization has been poor. So I want to know, is he going to be set up for success? They need I would class as an overhaul of their roster. And how involved is he going to be in that? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to bring in the players, the personnel that, that he needs to success um, with with the team at his helm? Those are the questions that I need to know to be able to truly understand how successful will Chris Armas be in Colorado.
5: I think this is a big moment for him because there's a little bit of retribution based on how badly it went for Bob Bradley, we, I think a lot of blame was placed on Chris Armas with the way things happened post Vanny era in TFC. And I think now we see like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't just Chris Armis. He goes to Europe, gets a little bit of different experiences, comes back. Now I think we're going to finally learn exactly who Chris Armis is. You know, at Red Bull, he was there for a while. There was a different situation. Now this is going to be, it feels like it's going to be him inputting his own personality onto a team. Will the club support? I don't know. I'm going to root for him. He's the first half Cuban, half Puerto Rican you know, coach In that I know from Manchester United that it was in Leeds and, and I think as a head coach at, at MLS, so I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, but I think he's putting himself in a really difficult position in Colorado here. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what they're going to do.
4: How much higher can his stock go and how much can his
5: stock plummet?
4: Like, I know. Colorado. That's a great question. Colorado's What's his success thinking, for him? Wow, this is. This Make is, the playoffs? Of course. of course. Of course. But that's
2: how we
5: like, the yo, is,
2: we up?
4: Why would you take – I think he's above for this job with all due respect to Colorado. I, but they've I was had surprised.
2: Such, they've had I such was a surprised. poor season. I think if you go
4: to Manchester United, so
2: you, all this, you can how, get a better job. Uh, one of my first years at MLS – in fact, it might have been my first season, which would have been 2016 covering MLS. Colorado – were in contention for the supporter Shield. And then just a couple years ago, I mean, they've had good teams Hmm. within this, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know, they're sort of bookmarked between like er eras of just Complete failure. And then, but in like there's like these moments where they have been, had really, really good seasons. And I think was, like Pablo Mastrani was yep. the head coach at one point, And that's a guy that's able to kind of galvanize a mm-hmm. team. And I'm I'm wondering if Chris Armis can kind of be that type of coach for the Colorado Rapids, who almost like despite the the ownership in the front office situation he can find success with players because they're playing for him. And I'm, I'm hoping that that is what will be the case for him in Colorado because I like Chris Armas. I, I think he's got a lot to offer. I think he's a good coach. Um, as you said, he's a, an MLS legend. But I just don't know. It's going to be very interesting.
1: Historically speaking, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to be able to, to, to do a whole lot with, with a little. Um, because Colorado is, is an organization that typically doesn't spend. Yeah. And that means it's difficult to attract the top talent and, and it's difficult to atop, attract just, you know, top coaches as well. So it's going to be a challenge for him for sure. But I think to your point, Nico, the proof is going to be in the pudding in terms of what type of manager Chris Armas truly is when he comes into Colorado.
5: Mm-hmm. So my name is Alexis. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> <It's okay. laughs> well, actually, you know, her Colorado, Colorado fans believe in. There's a curse on them. It's called the the curse of uh, the Susanna bet. And
2: apparently, <laughs> nine, oh,
5: years ago, nine years ago, Susanna placed a bet on them, and it's been downhill ever since. It's, yeah.
2: it's not my fault. <laughs> it's no, not my fault. Also, it was. It was 20, 2016. They had the second most points in the lead. Uh, led by Pablo Mastroni. So I was, I was, I was like, I'm like, I think I got some something, something in this like brain. So sometimes, sometimes it works. Oh, Gosh, you guys, it's Thanks, still Nicole. early for me. Yeah, no problem. Alexis. <laughs> <laughs>
5: All
2: right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we are going to preview tonight's Nations League matches when we return. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Nations League quarterfinals are underway. Yesterday, the United States got the 3-0 win over Trinidad and Tobago. Panama beat Costa Rica 3-0. And then tonight, Jamaica will face Canada at 7 p.m. right here on the Galazzo Network. And Honduras will take on Mexico 9 p.m. on VIX. All right. Let's chat Canada. Mm. This is not going to be an easy match (laughs) for them against Jamaica, who has been playing really well. They've got some uh, firepower on that squad. But for for Canada, it's been an interesting year for them because they were riding this hype train and they win World Cup qualifying and then they bounce out of the World Cup um, in pretty poor fashion. And since mm-hmm. then... They it's,
4: were the second-to-worst team it's in kind the World of, Cup. Yeah,
2: it's been a mess and for as much as we were hyping them up and as excited as we were about this team and the players and the way that John Herdman had them yeah it is <laughs> exactly exactly
5: a little foley artist so
2: here. what would we what would we say the state of Canada football is right now Nico
4: the only way that you can Fix some of the issues. Surface, surface only, because this is clearly an institutional crisis on the men's and the women's side. The federation has to figure out. It feels like financially, where they're gonna go from here is a, is results. Do they have the quality? Do they have the quality? Do they have the experience in Concacaf? they have the experience? Judging by the last World Cup cycle, and you, you got you gotta beat. Jamaica you got to make the Copa America and not only that you get redemption if you don't beat Jamaica this two leg series you have another shot and I feel like Rock bottom considering in, in let's call it in in, in this post cycle Our World Cup cycle and then the next one would be not making Copa America, so Try to get your homework done against Jamaica and like you said it, it won't be easy because Jamaica are on the up
5: They're fighting through a lot though if we're gonna talk about Jamaica, uh, Jamaica I'm sorry if we're gonna talk about Canada the situation they're in, you mentioned they have quality. They have the players. They have the talent. We're kind of feels like we're a little bit on the cusp of almost a golden era. It may not be a full golden era, but they've got Alfonso Davies. They've got Astakia, They've got John David. They've got uh, Kyle Aaron. They've got pieces. Tayshaun Buchanan. Tejon Buchanan is a beast. Johnson, yeah. Well, they've got pieces. They just need someone to put it together. We talked about the good that John Herdman did as their manager um, or as their coach. I think some of the negative was – You know, besides the fact that he's no longer there for whatever reason, the the situation is they weren't. I don't believe coached to the top of their their skill set. They weren't coached to the top of their quality. That said, they've only the recent in the last five matches they've only lost one, and that was to Japan, who hasn't lost to Japan.
2: about them as the best team in CONCACAF. Who's
5: we? No, Charlie was talking about them as the top of CONCACAF. <laughs> no, we were saying they were good. Well, he ahead, said they ahead, were the top dog ahead, in CONCACAF ahead of the World Cup. Though they were, they were, they were. They were. Just because they finished top of qualifying, I think we could all see they weren't necessarily the top dog. But they did it in dog. such
2: a way. That, I mean, it wasn't like they were just squeaking win, by. They wins were the U.S., teams. Wins against and Mexico. That,
5: and that makes you the top of CONCACAF if you finish the top of qualifying. Like, all right, but then what happened when we t- when we all got to the World Cup? What happened? I mean,
1: if they, they were they were in the group of death. To be fair but they, they, didn't, they didn't perform. They didn't, they didn't live up to expectations, is what I should say. They
4: overperformed no. in the World Cup qualifying. They underperformed at the World Cup. Facts.
1: And with, with this Canadian side here, you, you bring up their talent, you bring up their ability to, to really, I think, captivate the, the minds of, of North American soccer ahead of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, and then it just has not hit. Since no Nations League was horrific it, for them. Yeah, it, it it hasn't hit, and this this fixture, this two leg fixture against Jamaica to start in the Caribbean. Ooh, <laughs> this is gonna be tough, very tough. And when you talk to Jamaican fans, they feel confident mm-hmm. about this first leg. They're hyped to welcome in Canada and. That's, that's not a situation you want to be in when you're talking about playing against the Jamaicans because they, they thrive off of, of confidence. Of course, uh, ability and, and, and their team is very solid. Mm-hmm. But when they are a confident side, it's difficult
5: to go in there and, and get a result.
2: Okay, so confidence. But what else makes them dangerous? Why have they been so successful lately?
5: Their attack is on point. They've got some big talent now. And not that they didn't before, but now we've got some big names that are switching allegiance to Jamaica. Obviously, Mikel Antonio we've talked about. Uh, Leon Bailey, we've talked about. Damari Gray, who maybe his situation not as favorable as it was previous when he was in the Premier League. Um, Tayshawn Buchanan just got his first uh, call up to the Jamaican uh, national team uh, player for NYCFC. I mean, they've got they've got the skill set up front. I think the question still remains whether they can completely put it all together. They've looked good their last few matches. They've beaten Haiti. They've beaten um, some other big teams. They. In the end, they're, they're a quality team. And this is going to be tough. But like you said, to go play against this Jamaica in Jamaica, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. And when you get home, you're still kind of, your situation is still in turmoil if you're Canada. Jamaica could easily sneak these two.
1: Yeah, I, I, I favor Jamaica. And you meant... Uh, Tavon Gray. Ta-vang, what did I say? Tavon Buchanan. Buchanan. My bad. Tavon Gray. Yeah, yeah.
5: It's, it's all, the Tay got me, man. It's, ta-vang it's ta-vang all good. We're hitting the Spider-Man yeah. I called <laughs> So I call you Nico.
1: But, you know, in all seriousness, you can't forget about their leader, Andre Blake. Makes them very difficult to to, he is to be scored so on. It depends. Um, you're done. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable what this what this guy's done for club and country. And when you when you mix it all together for Jamaica right now, uh I, I favor them.
2: How much confidence does it give you when you know that you've got a keeper like Andre Blake? Yeah. Like, yeah. In between the posts, like you're like we're we're good. As
1: a, as a defender, yeah. Shout out to all my Jamaicans. Pom pom pom, you busting up shots because you you know that as a defender, especially as a center back, I just need to get this forward to a to a difficult sharp angle. Andre's gonna make the save every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Reaction saves he makes them. Difficult saves you know routine saves he typically doesn't give up much. It's whenever you can, you have the luxury to play in front of a keeper like
5: that. You chilling. Remember when the US had that?
2: Oh, <laughs> <boy. It's true. laughs>
5: oh wagles do count down. here, by the way. They do count, they that's do right. Count.
2: That's right. It makes it even more interesting. Oh man, Jamaica, Canada, 7 p.m. right here on the Galazzo Network tonight. All right, guys, we're gonna take another time out. We are gonna chat some more Euro 2024 qualifiers on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back to morning footy. We are chatting some Euro 2024 qualifiers 11 of 24 teams are in and Hungary and Slovakia are the two latest to punch their ticket to Germany next year. So let's uh, get into some of the games from yesterday. Let's start with uh, with Group A and Scotland Mm. who faced Georgia. They got a 2-2 draw. But Scotland's been kind of one of these fun, surprising teams so far in these qualifiers. And Scott McTominay just seemingly can't stop scoring goals. I I've decided that I'm going to that Scotland's gonna be my my team. Dark horse? Yes.
5: Oh, or I'm, you're straight yeah, up your team yeah, in the year. I'm just
2: going all in on Scotland. you want to put
5: down a bet on it? No. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. That I was Scotland not... rejoicing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <Not> by... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, There's a parade in Glasgow as we speak. <laughs>
2: I'm such a mush. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't feel good. Um, no, but what, uh, what has impressed you about Scotland? And specifically, Scott McTominay. He's been really, really good yeah, for I think country. It's
4: incredible how they get the most out of Scotland, Talmadge. They're organized. They they know what they're doing, and that's that's good to see. It's it's a pleasant surprise in in Euro qualifiers, and hopefully they get a nice little run at how the Euros. How that be? Especially they're they're gonna now face much tough tougher opposition than they did in 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 this group. But but at the end of the day, they got it done. I don't know how many people expected this out of them.
5: I I love the way he's being used. I there was a talk of him. Having been a striker at, his, at the youth level, um, especially Manchester United fans were sort of looking up mm. some of his early career. He said he only did it twice. He was not a striker. He's come out and said, Stop saying I should be a striker. That's not true. Please don't make me do that, basically, <laughs> paraphrasing. But there is something about those late runs into the box. And and maybe it's just the way Scotland is that never-say-die attitude Mm -hmm. that kind of wills him when he's forward to be influential. I mean, if you want to talk tactics, yes, it's great whenever you overload and and you you outnumber the opponent. Um, But to be able to do it in late games and to be able to input your – Your influence into the game, especially from a position where we've seen Scott Tomine sort of sit back and just defend that back line, just kind of patrol in front to now be able to go forward and provide something else and something new gives Scotland an advantage that they didn't have previously.
2: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, let's chat. Uh, some another team in Group A, Spain. They got the three-one win um, over Cyprus. Cyprus. But I know. I know. This is okay, pa- don't roll your eyes. I, this is you all day. Cyprus. This is you all day.
5: No, you know why? You know why? Because he wants everyone to just play Real Madrid twenty-four-seven. No,
4: no, no, Because I, you, you see Europe, and you see not only their Euro qualifying their World Cup qualifying, it's difficult to make conclusions as to where Spain is, as to where Germany is, as to where France is, because France is playing freaking Gibraltar, with all due respect. It's when Iraq. Spain has Cyprus in the group, with all due respect, the big teams aren't tested at this stage. Yes, Scotland got a, a big result against them in the group, but even Norway with Holland isn't good enough. So for the big teams, and when I'm coming off of a whole night of... South American qualifying that remains undefeated because it's super exciting. Every game is played with the highest intensity. The stakes are at the highest possible every single game where the players are challenged. Spain scored three minutes into the game against Cyprus. They're already Cyprus got a
1: goal. it, it's just it's just okay. the nature of the, it's just the nature of the beast. Imagine the nature, San Marino it's, won. it's the nature of Europe, though. It is. You it know? is. That's in, the reality. In in South America, the it's just firecracker nation after firecracker nation. Mm. So the qualifying is exciting mm. as as it can get, but. I understand I mean, Nico's frustration. I, I
2: don't know where Spain I, is I get, at is the reality. You know I, they I, were awful at the this World Cup. the late I, stages I get, of I get it. I get I mean, it. Here too. We are. You just yeah. but
1: the knockout stages will more. The cream learn. rises
2: to the top. In Europe
1: it's it's always going to be about the Euros. Once the Euros. once once we get into Euros then it's like all right now European international football is is where it's at. Right.
4: That's that's where I'm gonna make judgment because off camera, off air, we were talking about how poor the European teams really were at the World Cup, except for maybe France and England and they got lucky. The rest of the world got lucky because France and England played each other World yep. Cup because Belgium underperformed, Germany. Spain underperformed, Germany underperformed, yeah. Italy didn't make their World Cup. Netherlands wasn't good. I
2: mean, they well, yeah,
4: but but the, the U.S. I thought the U.S. the U.S. Had a shot against Netherlands the Netherlands. Were Netherlands. Average. They, they were average, were average for yeah. their standard. And Argentina was balling through eighty-nine minutes and then they conceded and and then in extra time you saw how much better Argentina was in the Netherlands. Anyway, it's. The state of European football, I don't know where it's at right now because you can't judge from these qualifying, which is too easy for the big countries. I get your
5: point of frustration as well about Comdable because... There is a lack of respect shown by a lot of European fans about the qualifying. They believe they're qualified. they believe Europe is, is the only thing that's important. UEFA is better than the World Cup. They think the Euro's better than the World Cup. A lot of fans, I'm not saying everybody. And I think when it when it shows, dude, comni com- com- qualifying is a gauntlet compared to you get to play Liechtenstein yeah. or Cyprus I, I, or I, for For me, it's Malta. very difficult. All places I want a vacation, not places Yeah, I, I I look at the list I look at the list of games and
4: like Portugal Ingl-
2: beating Liechtenstein two 0 is not impressive to you?
4: It shouldn't I, be. I look at the list of games and I there's
5: other things I'd rather do at two forty five in my afternoon. That's fair. Yeah. So said yeah. The, with all. So well said respect. the bread baker who had eight like goals scored against them because he plays for San Marino.
2: I like yeah. Santiago. <laughs> it's just
5: let me let me <laughs> let me
4: rant. I get my one moment here. in you no, I think it's part. a reality. And, and again. This is how Cristiano Ronaldo has become the top active goal scorer or historic Thank goal scorer. Thank And you have to score the goals. With You have to score the goals. You do. And, and he, this guy is a machine. But a lot of those goals, a big proportion of those goals, he did so score against.
5: That was his 10th
2: goal in, Feral, in qualifiers. Faroe Islands.
5: Yes. He, you gotta, in Europe, you get a chance to pad your stats against some of these minnow countries. Something that if, if Cristiano Ronaldo instead of being born in Madeira was born in Brazil, he would not have had that chance to in the Correct. qualifying because he'd be going up against some beasts. Mm-hmm. You don't do that when you play when you qualify through Europe.
2: Okay, so when we think, is it is France the clear? Would we say France is the the favorite in the Euros right now, or do you give it to Germany because they're we the were host just, nation? We were just talking
1: about it off air. For me, France is is the favorite. Yeah. What is I, your I, what I, is your top three if you had to rank them? Okay, France. Would you go to France top? I'm, I'm going. Fran- I'm going France at the top. I'm going. Spain. England. I, I'm England? gonna go. I'm going. Hold on, this is mine. <laughs> we're, we're tossing out ideas uh, here.
5: Yeah, uh, we just don't uh, want uh, that air. France,
1: <laughs> France, France at the top. I'll, I'm going to England and. Uh, what are you mad about? Put, you just took my number two. Would,
5: would put. I'll put Portugal there. Portugal. For right now, yes. Fair. I yeah. would. I couldn't argue against it, but I might not put Portugal there. Okay.
2: Who would you put?
5: I'd have to think about it. Uh, maybe okay. Germany makes a little bit of a, of a resurgence. There,
2: is, there seems to be like a host bump yeah, type of thing. So Germany, Spain's been playing well. I don't know.
4: Yeah. I, I, also, again, I think that's the big question mark. We don't know where we these teams know. are I at. like that. Know.
2: I kind of like that, though.
4: And the Euro's going to test it because they're going to have to play against each other. Their best quality is going to have to come out. And, you know, there's that's a lot more on the line than we've seen in... These last couple it's, of games. It
2: is, it's going to be a really fun tournament, I think, because the field is a little bit, a little bit more a, even. There's a
1: mystery going into it, you know?
2: That's right. And a team like Scott. Remember what Iceland did a few years ago? I mean, like. Hungary? Yeah. And
1: one Euro was Makes fire. Make some noise. Nobody, nobody mm-hmm. was expecting it.
2: Let's go. All right, we're going to take a break. Stick around, everyone. We're going to be right back. Day, which means it's time to uh, play some footy wagers, and we are very happy to welcome in our good friend, the king, the king himself, Jimmy Conrad. Oh, God, look at him feeling himself. What's up,
0: Jimmy? <laughs> Whoa, that's quite a I'm not really feeling myself. Well, My hands are right here, everybody. but so. Yes, I know where you're going. It's great to see every it, you guys. The energy is fantastic. I'm loving the vibes. Oh, we're Stay having fire. fun.
2: It's Friday, you know? We're fun. Fridays, Fridays are always good. Jimmy, I, honestly, like, you you even got the scoreline right last night for the US Men's national team oh, game. Don't like,
0: pump I, pump like, his brain up more, team, more than already did. This guy's unbelievable. <laughs> he really it's is. A, it's what I do. Listen, I'm a little disappointed it took us until the 82nd minute to score our first goal against a 10-man Trinidad team, but. I got the 3-0 result. Thank you, Gia, for making sure that happened.
2: Oh, uh, gosh. All right. So let's get into uh, some footy wagers. Should we look at our, um, our standings? Mm-hmm.
0: Our, we should. We I think we should. Oh, boy, I do. I look at me. Should. Whoa! <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's flying. Uh, Alexis and Nico still in the green, though. Charlie and I have some work to do. I'm and,
0: holding on. Um, yeah,
2: I don't know. It just hasn't gone very well
0: for me. Susanna, where are you? I don't even, like, see you on that <laughs> one. It's like way down. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: good. That's good. I feel good about it. You know what? I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to sneak up on you. This is. I'm exactly where I want to be at. at this stage of the game. At least that's okay. what I'm telling myself. All right, All right. let's don't, get to call uh, Jimmy. Give us your your picks for, for the weekend.
0: Okay, I just got two games. And I mentioned vibes earlier. I'm going back to the vibes, going for the feelings. I'm going into the Euro qualification area where second-place teams playing against third-place teams. Poland are hosting the Czech Republic. And if Czech, who beat Poland earlier in this 3-1, that was in, in, in the Czech Republic, this one's in Poland, if they can get a win, they qualify for the Euros. I mean, when you have that type of urgency, when you have that type of vibe inside of you, I think it gives you that that ability to make plays. Now, Poland, obviously, are only one point behind. They're going to be, you know, scratching and clawing to make sure that it doesn't happen. I like the winner draw Czech Republic. That's minus 190. I'm going to couple that, though, with the Netherlands be over two and a half goals against Ireland at home. Now, they beat Ireland narrowly 2-1 in the last match day, but the Netherlands are tied with Greece right now, for, for the second place spot in their group, and they are down in goal difference. So I think there's gonna be an urgency, not only just to beat Ireland, but to score a lot of goals. So I like the over there, minus 160. You smash that together, it's plus 148. And then if I put 50 on it, I went $124, and I'm just gonna keep moving that direction. Thank you very much.
2: All right. I like it. Okay, who's next? Am I next? Alexis, you're next.
0: Okay, uh, look,
5: uh, you know my technique. I go for the big minuses, and I I try to group them together, (laughs) and I went wild on this one. Let's start off with minus 50,000. That is actually the odds. France to beat Gibraltar. (laughs) I got minus 10,000 England to beat Malta, Kazakhstan to beat San Marino, Switzerland to beat Kosovo, and Netherlands to win versus the Republic of Ireland, and I... I'm going with a $50 bet at minus 152 to win $83.
2: Okay. All right. Wow. I see what you're doing.
5: Okay. That's with my wager, by the way, the
1: $83. That's a lot of. Ifs to make yeah. 83 bucks. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. I'm, uh, yeah. Mine is thank 50, you, thank 000. you, Jalil. <laughs>
2: okay, so uh, Jimmy, I, I too uh, was looking at the the Euro qualifiers. So this is this is what I have. I'm putting 40 bucks down. Um, I've got Netherlands to beat the Republic of Ireland because mm-hmm. Netherlands they they need to stay on top of the group. They're going to want to win. Switzerland, same thing. I have them beating Kosovo, uh, and then Hungary to win against Montenegro because Hungary have not lost at home in forever. It's been like a really really long time. They have a crazy record at okay. home. So, I put down 40 bucks at plus 136 with the three of those to win $95, which would get me back into the green.
0: Nice. All right, I respect that.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Jimmy. Nico.
4: Nico. Okay. Oh, it's me. Okay. I a simple simple bet. We are allowed to bet through the international window, so I've got Mexico to win at Honduras. Um, and Peru and Venezuela, both teams uh, – no, not both. Te- I didn't put both teams to score. I put oh, under – it was under 2.5 goals on that one, by the way. Not both teams to score, just for the record. Okay. I haven't uh, received uh, sure. okay. Changing your, your bet at the last bet? second.
0: We yeah. get you, Nika. All yeah. uh,
4: right. F- it was $50 to win $99. But I want to review that
1: because okay. it was not both All teams, right. teams well, to score. All right, well. That was, was, the, the, that was yeah, a confusing one. Jaleel, you've so,
2: got Charlie's bet. Yes,
1: I'm putting in Charlie's wager for him. What he did is he went from – England or Europe to the Dominican, or sorry, to the Caribbean. So he has England to win versus Malta, and then he has the Dominican Republic to win versus Montserrat. Wow, it's a, a, yep, I like that. Charlie's home
5: country, the Dominican Republic.
1: He's Dominican, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I like the fact that this is a $50 bet at minus uh, 2 260, to win $69.
2: Okay. Well. All right. Womp, all right.
5: Womp. Yeah. Way to, way, to, way to be boring, Charlie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Actually, we all win today because here's, can we see it real quick? Oh, boy. We have enough time to see Erling Holland
2: rapping? Oh, my God. Baby I told oh. you. Oh, my
5: God. Hey. <laughs> Yo, he's cooking. Have a great yeah. weekend, he's everybody. cooking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He got the honey. Oh, <laughs> oh. Not on the train. He's a train. Yeah. Folks. <laughs> Busted uh, the hammy. Kid got mountain bars, bro.
3: <laughs> Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening?